From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Well, here we are again. Yes, it's Graham. VK4 Baker Baker, it is the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service for the week commencing October 10, 2010. Amateur Radio, the original social network. And having a look at the social scene today, October 10 in VK3, Sunraysia Radio Group's AGM at the Mildura Working Man's Club. October the 24th in VK3 also, the Ballarat Hamvention at the Ballarat Greyhound Racing Club. November 7 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Hamfest, that's at Goodwood. And midway up VK4, right plumb in the middle, President's Lunch at Rockhampton, that happens November 14. But the big one, just days away, on October 23, the very first Wireless Institute of Australia's National Field Day. Only two more weeks till the WIA National Field Day. Tune in to the world amateur radio gets people talking. Now with over 20 clubs registered and more in the pipeline, this is going to be one fantastic event publicly promoting the hobby of amateur radio. Are you passionate to see the hobby grow? Getting new blood in, as people so often say? Well, this is the golden opportunity. It's one day set aside each year with a specific aim and a focus on promoting the hobby of amateur radio to people. Yes, real, living, walking, talking people who have yet to discover the world's best hobby. Now, if you haven't already done so, consider getting your radio club or a group of your friends together, come up with a great idea for a public event or a place to display amateur radio, jump online on the WIA website and register your event. It's going to be one special day. Catch you on the air during the WIA National Field Day. Tune into the world. Amateur radio gets people talking. Now, the very next day on Sunday, the 24th of October, well, that's the date for the annual Ballarat Hamvention. It's held at the Ballarat Greyhound Racing Club in Rubicon Street with doors opening at 10 a.m. Pre-sale of entry admission and door prize tickets will occur before that time and traders will be admitted from 0800 hours. Cost of a table is $15 for 1.8 metres, that's the same as last year, and it does include one entry person. All other admissions cost $6, also the same as last year, and children under 15 are admitted free. Light lunch meals will be available from the in-house catering bar and tea and coffee from 8 o'clock in the morning all day. Now to book tables... Just go to the website, read the text edition, because there's lots of information here. Um, A bit awkward to read out on the air, and let's face it, there's not too many people that uh, sit there with uh, pen in hand, especially if you're uh, driving. Now, the Barge is also conducting its annual homebrew construction competition. Again, just look at the Barge website for details. All clubs that belong to the WIA, the best place to find them is just to go to wia.org.au and check out the club scene. Now, the club has a set of coloured graphics, cartoon style, limited numbers for sale from its club sales table. These were drawn by a club member who's now Silent Key, and they're very, very collectible. Make sure you have a look and purchase a set when you get along to the Ballarat Greyhound Racing Club, Sunday 24 October, not to put a bet on, but to get some good goodies at the annual Ballarat Hamvention. New Aerospace Research Centre takes flight in VK4. Flying will be a lot safer and more efficient thanks to breakthrough collision avoidance, emergency landing and separation management technologies being developed at a new joint Queensland University of Technology and CSIRO Aerospace Research Centre. 
The technologies will also allow unmanned aircraft to perform beneficial operations such as search and rescue, bushfire fighting and monitoring, ash clouds from volcanoes, as well as power line inspection and crop monitoring. Now, who'd have ever thought that IOTA OC-137 would make it on a worldwide rare list? But believe it or not, Stratty is about to be activated. Yep, just across the bay here from Brisbane, North Stradbroke Island. It's going to be active until October 16, and Ray K9LUK has surely hasn't uh, made the trip all the way from the USA just to activate Stratty Island. But he'll be there, K9LUK slash VK4, IOTA OC137. In Ackman News, the Australian Communications and Media Authority will host a one-day tune-up in Sydney, November 3, as part of its Digital Dividend Consultation process. The Digital Dividend Spectrum tune-up will be an opportunity for industry and government to discuss the issues related to reassigning the Digital Dividend Spectrum, that's 694 to 820 megs, freed up from the switchover of analogue to digital TV broadcast technology. In Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio, License Examinations. A class for aspiring standard license candidates has been scheduled to start Friday evening, the 29th of October. It will run for four weeks, cost expected to be $50. You're interested? You want to know where it is? It's in Tassie. All you have to do is contact Reg Emmett, VK7 Kilo Kilo, and... You'll get him on 0417 391 607. But as we always say, always best to read the text edition of the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service on our only official website, wia.org.au. In a moment, Keith Bainbridge, VK6RK, President of Northern Corridor Radio Group, who offered the eulogy at VK6NE's, that's Neil Penfold's funeral, Saturday, October 2. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in Kempsey on 7146kHz at 10am. I'm VK2TV Ray Wells and I'm on air at Community Station 2WET, Tank FM 103.1. Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. Neil Penfold, VK6 November Echo, Silent Key. I'm at a bit of a loss where to start this tribute to a dear friend and one of Amateur Radio's true personalities. I suppose from background to his amateur radio career would be a good place to begin. First licensed in 1962, Neil soon found an interest in the administration of the hobby of amateur radio. From 1965 onwards, he had spells as VK6 Divisional Secretary, Councillor, Vice President, President and Federal Councillor, before moving on to the national positions of Federal Director and Federal President, roles he held for many years. His leadership skills and powers of persuasion are legendary. He was made a life member of the WIA VK6 division in 1976 and was a winner of the GA Taylor Medal. It wasn't only the administration side of amateur radio that interested him. He was a dedicated DXer and achieved some of the highest operating awards available in amateur radio. I think it was his interest in DXing that led to his passion for QSL cards and QSLing. I remember accompanying him to the late Jim Rumble, VK6RU's house, to take over the running of the VK6 QSL Bureau, and the assistance, given reluctantly, I might add, by my then two young daughters, in sorting out the cards for Neil over several months. The QSL Bureau gave him an opportunity to study the amount of DX work by local amateurs, and enabled him to encourage others to get on the bands and work more overseas stations. As a result of his QSL activities, he was approached by many amateurs to be their QSL manager, and I believe he was in fact manager for over 33 call signs, and of course, 
the VK9, VK0 Bureau Manager. He was actively involved in assisting two Head Islandy expeditions and made many friends around the world while doing so. He also managed several contests over the years, including the annual Oceania DX contest, which takes place over 24 hours starting this afternoon. The NCRG will be participate again from Uresk Agricultural College with the intention to win it for Neil. When the NCRG was forced out of Korean College and went looking for new premises, Neil suggested we look at Whiteman Park and went off to investigate. He managed to secure a sublease and things started to take shape. This became his passion and the manager was born. Neil took it on himself to lay out the floor plan, coordinate the construction and to generally manage the construction project. It also allowed him to exercise his formidable leadership skills and gave us a leader with time and vision to push the project forward. We were given regular email updates, affectionately known as pastoral letters or Plonky's Ponderings, highlighting the achievements of the past week and urging us on to better things. We also coined a new nickname for him as the project came close to finishing. As Neil took it upon himself to keep the place tidy, he became Sadie, the cleaning lady. Woe betide anyone who trampled sand onto his clean floors. The WIA centenary celebrations were held in March this year, and the club decided it would be an appropriate time to have an official opening day for our virtually complete Whiteman Park premises. We also decided that Ham Heaven, while accurate, would not be the most appropriate name for it, and the idea for the Neil Penfold State Amateur Radio Centre was born. So on the 14th of March 2010, almost 100 years today after the Wallace Institute of Australia was founded, we chose to honour Neil and his efforts by naming the club premises after our beloved Plonky. And it certainly made his day. He said he had never been more proud of any of his other achievements in amateur radio, and even shed a tear or two as he cut the ribbon. We also decided to treat him to a little presents, so several members got together and purchased a number plate, VK6NE, for his car. It must have had an effect, because he actually put a two-metre radio in there, and used it. Neil took it upon himself to organise the mezzanine for the club into a vintage museum of radios, and he spent countless hours, almost every day on his own out there, building shelves and display units to house this comprehensive collection. It's still a work in progress, but Neil, honestly, we promise it will be finished soon. Another silent key and a friend of Neil's was Dave Cooch, VK6 Whiskey Tango. Dave's collection of Morse keys and associated equipment is legendary, and Neil suggested to me personally to track it all down and put it on display at the club premises. This is now a reality, and I owe it all to Neil's encouragement. I didn't get to visit Neil in hospital, as I was full of flu. I didn't want to risk passing it on, but Wayne tells me that he was frustrated being there, stuck in hospital on a Sunday morning, and wondering who was cooking the snaggers, and were there enough onions. We're going to miss you, old fella. The place just won't be the same on a Sunday morning, and I'll finish the comment from a friend of his for many years, Neil Penfold, a man of few words who would always take the time to consider what he had to say, then deliver it with a minimum of fuss. 7-3 old man, now exclusive QSL manager to Marconi and St Peter. All of us via the Bureau. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW, seminar on future wireless technologies, 4th of November 2010. The NZ Ministry of Economic Development is convening a seminar on future wireless technologies, including cognitive radio, software-defined radio, and future mobile and broadcast technologies to be held on Thursday the 4th of November. A similar event was held in September last year, which highlighted the importance of sharing information on the progress of such initiatives and developments in this area. This year's seminar will be held in the Waitamata Ballroom, 
Langham at the Langham Hotel in Auckland and is expected to run from 10am to 5pm. Immediately following the 16th Asia-Pacific Communications Conference APCC10 being held at the same venue from the 30th of October to the 3rd of November 2010. The purpose of the seminar is to share knowledge among wireless equipment manufacturers, research institutions, service providers and government about emerging developments and identifying the areas on which to focus future technical and regulatory work. They welcome your participation and invite you to make a presentation at this seminar. So if you're interested, please email radiospectrum at med.govt.nz with future wireless seminar in the subject heading. The program, once developed, will be published in the next few weeks on the Radio Spectrum Management website. An army of swarming robots could save you after a disaster. EPFL in Switzerland has developed SMAVNET, a swarm of small flying machines that can establish a wireless communications network to help rescue workers communicate. The micro-aerial vehicles look remarkably like remote control planes, but are programmed to fly autonomously. Researchers at EPFL wanted the MAVs to be able to quickly spread out and establish a network even if they didn't have GPS data. So SMAVNET was taught a trick used by army ants. MAVs paint each other with virtual pheromones and use these markers to let them know where they should explore, similar to how ants locate food and direct others to it. From a software perspective, controllers allow flying robots to work together. For swarming, robots react to wireless communication with neighbouring robots or rescuers. The Administrative Council of the International Amateur Radio Union held its annual meeting on the 1st and 2nd of October in El Salvador. Among the discussions and actions, it was noted that the Papua New Guinea Amateur Radio Society, PNGARS, and Burma Amateur Radio Transmitting Society, BARTS, are deemed to no longer exist. The theme, Amateur Radio, the first technology-based social network, has been adopted for the next World Amateur Radio Day, April 18, 2011. The DX Code of Conduct project, a group of amateur radio operators who have taken the initiative to improve on-the-air operating practices, and the Arcala project, which has developed an innovative program to reach young people, were thanked for their efforts and encouraged to continue their work. So just what is this DX Code of Conduct? I will listen, and listen, and then listen again before calling. I will only call if I can copy the DX station properly. I will not trust the cluster, and I will be sure of the DX station's call sign before calling. I will not interfere with the DX station, nor anyone calling, and will never tune up on the DX frequency or in the QSX slot. I will wait for the DX station to enter contact before I call. I will always send my full call sign. I will call and then listen for a reasonable interval. I will not call continuously. I will not transmit when the DX operator calls another call sign, not mine. I will not transmit when the DX operator queries a call sign not like mine. I will not transmit when the DX station calls other geographic areas than mine. When the DX operator calls me, I will not repeat my call sign unless I think he has copied it incorrectly. I will be thankful if and when I do make a contact. I will respect my fellow hams and conduct myself so as to earn their respect. Ham Radio coordinates Arizona Scout Rescue. Authorities say a Phoenix, Arizona Boy Scout troop has been rescued near the city of Prescott. This after radioing for help via amateur radio. According to a newspaper account, one troop leader was able to relay GPS coordinates to a Prescott resident who received the troop's call for assistance on his ham radio station. He in turn notified county authorities. 
The scouts were rescued by the State Department of Public Safety helicopter on Saturday night, September 25th. Authorities say the scouts and their leaders were all in good condition and did not require medical attention. The Federal Communications Commission has approved the use of unlicensed broadcast spectrum known as white spaces that the agency hopes will amount to longer-range Wi-Fi-like connections for mobile devices. In a unanimous vote on Thursday, September the 23rd, the five-member FCC said the unused spectrum between TV stations will be used for such mobile broadcast services in the hope of providing improved service to consumers on the go. And the Radio Club of America has announced that Tim Duffy, K3LR, will be the recipient of its Barry Goldwater Radio Amateur Award. The Goldwater Award is given to an RCA member in recognition of a long record of service to the public through the use of amateur radio. Duffy joins Richard G. Summers, W6NSV, who, as reported last week, has been named to receive the Radio Club of America's Special Recognition Award. Both Duffy and Summers will receive their honors at the organization's 101st Annual Awards Banquet to be held November 19th in New York City. Duffy will also be inducted as an RCA Fellow this year. In DX, K8ND and W9VA will be the first team to arrive at Signal Point Station on Curaçao between October the 10th and 18th, just before the October 10th date of dissolution of the Netherlands Antilles to operate Stroke PJ2. The call sign PJ2 will be used after 0400 UTC on October the 10th when Curaçao becomes an autonomous country within the Kingdom of the Netherlands, QSL, via each operator's home call sign. KM0O will be operational stroke 9M6 from East Malaysia between November the 26th and the 30th. His main activity will be the CQWW DX contest on November the 27th and 28th as a single operator all-band entry. QSL to KM0O via his information on QRZ.com or electronically using Logbook of the World. DG5MMW will be active as stroke 3BS from Mauritius Island between November the 1st and the 6th. His operation will likely be holiday-style in the HF bands. QSL to his home, call direct or via the Bureau. And for those of you who've been asking for a definition of the term holiday-style, it means that the operator is likely on vacation and will not plan any specific hour of the day or the week to be on the air. And finally this week, we are all familiar with the use of RF to communicate with one another using two-way radios. But have you ever thought of what it can do and how it can play a creative process in developing dance? Well, Sonia Solari, who's an artist in residence at the Stime Studio for Electro-Instrumental Music in Amsterdam, has. I use technology because it permits me to create the illusion. So usually I don't start from technology, investigating technology, and then I make a piece out of it, but it's the contrary. So that's why usually I made... I make my own technical device because they are for the aim of reaching that uh, specific, uh, you know, research. Sonia Solari is only one of a growing number of dancers and other artists around the world who are integrating the world of electronics and communications into what they create. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, and from your friends here in the United States at the Amateur Radio Newsline, we say... A hearty congratulations to the Wireless Institute of Australia on its 100th anniversary. If you are a bulletin station that transmits these weekly newscasts or a listener who has the following information, we need you to supply us the call sign of the repeater or bulletin station making the transmission, the frequency of where it can be heard, the time and days of the week, 
in its broadcast, its time zone, and the estimated audience you, you think it has. Please email that information along with your name and call sign to arnschedule at gmail.com. Once again, that's arnschedule, as in amateur radio newsline, arnschedule at gmail.com. And as always, we thank you for your assistance in this survey. For now, with Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF at the editor's desk, I'm Jim Davis, W2JKD, saying 73, and we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2010. All rights are reserved. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2010. October 9 and 10, WIA Oceania DX Contest CW. October 23, WIA National Field Day. November 2021, WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day. Special Event Stations, Repeater, Beacon, DX and NetAdvice. Stuart VK8NSB has a new QSL manager. A note in says, and I quote, Due to the passing of my friend and QSL manager Neil, VK6NE, who will be sadly missed, I now have a new QSL manager who is Tim Mike0URX. Broadcast monitoring SWL and scanner news. New web-based HFSDR receiver. Atlanta Radio Ham Mac WB4MAK has made available a web-based 3-band 80, 40 and 20 SDR receiver. It comes in handy to check how strong your signal is being heard in the States. So if you are curious as to how you sound in Atlanta, give it a try. The link, and no, do not use the www, is wb4mak.com. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone. Amateur Radio Band Intruders. The International Amateur Radio Union Monitoring System newsletter reports that the Ofcom monitoring station in Hertfordshire has been assisting with the problem of an Italian Kodar HF radar on 24950 kHz. Other intruders are... Radio Uganda on 7195 kHz. Kodar HF radar on 24950 kHz from Venice. Spanish Fishery on Amateur Radio Bands. Latest results. Spanish Over the Horizon radar tests on 14 MHz. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Hi, it's Dick Smith here, VK2DIK, reminding listeners that the WIA centenary call sign, VK100WIA, is now on air until the end of October. Check out the roster on the WIA website or stay tuned to this broadcast for more details. The VK100WIA call sign has generated enormous interest, particularly from overseas radio amateurs eager to have contact and obtain the commemorative QSL card. The WIA is automatically sending a QSL card via the Bureau for all contacts or direct QSLing is also available provided return postage is provided. Gee, that's fantastic. Get in with it from Dick Smith. WIA National News and the Q News Workbench, the Nuts and Volts Report. QST article sparks new university program. It all started with the June 2009 issue of QST. Larry Barr, K5WLF, planetarium manager at Tarleton State University in Texas, was reading QST when he came across an article about exploring the basics of radio astronomy through a homebrew, easy-to-construct radio telescope. 
The article, written by ARRL Education and Technology Program Coordinator Mark Spencer, Whiskey Offer 8 SME, showed how to turn an everyday satellite TV dish into an instrument that can be used to not only broaden horizons and expand the understanding of our universe, but to marry the magic of amateur radio and astronomy. Barr quickly got to thinking he showed the article to his supervisor and thus began the latest research program into radio astronomy for the Tarleton University. This is Robert VK3DN with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's final frontier. Oscar 11 has now achieved 26 years in orbit. It was designed, built and launched within a period of six months using commercially available off-the-shelf components. Clive Wallace, G3CWV, provides an excellent web page on the amateur radio satellite Oscar 11. It's well worth a surf. Excellent signals have been reported from stations located all around the world and good copy obtained from decoded telemetry frames. Oscar 11 appears to be operating for 10 days on, followed by 10 days off. So it should start transmitting again today around the 9th of October. And the beacon frequency is on VHF... 145.826 MHz. Amateur radio satellite resumes operation. After a software crash on September the 26th aboard AO51, which took it off the air, ground station Mark Hammond, N8MH, has reported that the reloading of AO51 is essentially complete and the bird is in good order. The AO51 team have configured the satellite for simultaneous operation of both the S-band and the U-band transmitters. The trade-off is that the U-band will be in low-power mode of around 250 milliwatts or so. Also, please note the use of the 145.880 MHz uplink. Check the Le Command team and Operations Group AO51 News webpage for the very latest information. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. North Queensland VK4 are getting right behind Joda this year. Phil VK4 HSV and Blue VK4 FBLU with the Alice River Scouts at Black River Rodeo Grounds. And Gavin VK4ZZ and Lindell VK4ZM with the Kerwin Pilmaco, Mundingborough Blue Water and Belgian Scouts at Camp Tamaru Blue Water. And Cooker VK4FRJG and Chris VK4FR with the Low Island Scouts at the station. Ken VK4QZ and Paul VK4DJ with Ross River Guides at Harvey's Range. And Don VK4MC, Joan VK4FTVL and Colum VK4UCM with Townsville and Charters Towers Guides at the District Guide Centre in Blue Water. And Mal, VK4MSS, plus two other operators with the Charters Towers, Wilgara and Woodland Scouts, a Biviet Junction. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Rescue Radio. Wyson, New South Wales, reminds us that the Bushwalkers Rescue Service is running a four-day comprehensive remote area first aid course over the weekends of the 9th and 10th, that's this weekend of course, and the 23rd and 24th of October. They note that it's a VTAB accredited course, so it can be used in the workplace as well as Wyson and rescue situations. And now for some lowdown news. With access to the new VLF spectrum of 135.7 to 137.8 kHz imminent, in ZS, Hannes Koetze of the South African Amateur Radio Development Trusts invites radio amateurs to participate in a VLF project. 
Details are in the printed edition of the WIA News Service, best read at wia.org.au. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, as we leave you from the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service for week commencing October 10, let's have a look one more time at the social scene, but this time we might uh, put in a few more dates and uh, go right through to uh, around about 2012 when the big YL International 2012 Australia meet takes place. But as we've been saying, October 23 is the Wireless Institute of Australia's very first national field day. October 24 is the Ballarat Hamvention at the Ballarat Greyhound Racing Club. November 7 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest. The President's Lunch at Rockhampton takes place November 14 in VK4. Then having a look forward into 2011, January 30 in VK2, the Mid-North Coast Radio Expo 2011 at St John's Church Hall, McLean Street, Coffs Harbour at 8.30am. February 13 in VK3, Centre Victoria Radio Fest number 4 at Kyneton Racecourse. April 18, Amateur Radio, the first technology-based social network. That's World Amateur Radio Day, April 18 in 2011. And the AGM weekend in Darwin next year. And if you're interested, just drop a note to Jeff Atkinson. You'll get him at secretary at wia.org.au. That does take place May 27 to May 29. Plenty of time to uh, make it a great family holiday up in the top end. 2012, the 15th IARU Region 3 Conference. That'll be held in Vietnam. January 23 to Feb 13 in 2012, World Radio Conference in Geneva. May 4 to 7 in VK5, that's the one I mentioned just a moment ago, the YL International 2012 Australia. And details on all of those events are on wia.org.au and click the WIA broadcast page. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham and I will be again next time. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.